2: Thanks for spending some of your Memorial Day with me. I'm Paula Degnan. Welcome to Special Edition. May Mental Health Awareness Month. Odyssey's I'm Listening Initiative is getting the word out that talk saves lives. We'll hear that coming up, hosted by David O'Leary of our sister station, WMJX in Boston. The Lackawanna County Fair is coming up. So is music on the mountain in Mountaintop. It is Memorial Weekend. If you're traveling, we have some safety tips. If you're eating outdoors, meet Dr. Nancy Fitch, emergency medicine physician with MedExpress in Wilkes-Barre. She'll tell us how to stay healthy. Dr. Fitch, welcome. It's so nice to have you here. And let's start off. It's Memorial Day weekend. And you know what that means? Time to eat outdoors. Absolutely. I'm ready. There are so many things we want to take outside, but sometimes they're not good. I think the biggest thing that we all struggle with is hot foods need to remain hot and cold foods need to remain cold. And that's the important part of dealing with any kind of outdoor food preparation and and serving. An ice chest, ice cooler. If you're taking it on a picnic, sometimes that's a little bit difficult.
3: And unfortunately, there is no other better way. You You have to keep them cold. They can only stand out in the temperatures for an hour or two. And then they need to be re-chilled. That is, I think, the hardest part about doing any kind of outdoor picnic and that kind of thing. It's a little bit easier when
2: you're at home and you've got access to your refrigerator. But if you're on the road, lots and lots of coolers, nice big ones. You would think by now people understand how all this works or?
3: You would think, but I think we all get caught up in the whole aspect of the celebration and time gets away from you. So, having a, uh, an extra person watching your back is not a bad thing to kind of tag team things to keep serving things full and refreshed so that the food is kept at the proper temperatures.
2: Do you actually get a lot of people who are coming in with these types of food handling, foodborne illnesses?
4: You know, this
3: time of year, there's always the stomach bugs that go around, but you have to always ask is there any chance this could be due to something? that you ate. And if it's a mild reaction, most people, we don't see them. You know, we see them when they come in and they've been sick for a while and it's been rather excessive, a lot of vomiting or a lot of diarrhea and they can't keep anything down. Those are the ones that we see. You get a little bit of a stomach upset and you might vomit once or twice, maybe one or two episodes of diarrhea. We're not seeing those. The the more significant reactions are the ones that we're seeing.
2: And how do you know it's time to go and see someone?
3: You're really bad. Symptoms of food poisoning are pretty much the diarrhea, stomach pain or cramps, nausea, vomiting, sometimes fever. And it's when they become excessive and you can't keep anything down or the diarrhea, especially if diarrhea becomes bloody. Those are all symptoms. Lightheadedness. You can't urinate because you're so dehydrated. Those are indications that you need to be evaluated.
2: You mentioned being dehydrated and that can actually happen really quickly.
3: It can. And unfortunately, dehydration itself can cause nausea, which makes it even more difficult to rehydrate yourself. So keeping yourself hydrated preferentially and kind of proactively is not a bad thing. Obviously, Gatorade and electrolyte drinks can be helpful to manage before you even attempt to think that I'm going to eat something that's going to make me sick. Not that any of us do it on purpose, but if you were hydrated beforehand, it does obviously help a little bit.
2: I hear a lot of people say, well, you don't have to really worry about that stuff, especially the meats and stuff, because I'm going to cook them on the grill anyway, and that's going to kill all the bad bacteria.
3: Whoa, that just makes me cringe. Yes, cooking things will kill a lot of the bacteria, but you need to be mindful and make sure that you're not putting that cooked chicken back on the same plate that you carried the raw chicken out on. Make sure that you haven't cross-contaminated other things while you were preparing that food to go on the grill. Don't put that raw chicken on the same plate as your cheese. And you know, you might not think that people will, oh my gosh, who would do that? But you know, when you're busy, you've got people milling around, you're trying to make as few trips as possible from your kitchen out to your grill. Yeah, it can happen. So yes, cooking does help, but you got to make sure you get it to the proper temperature as well to make sure that those bacteria are killed.
2: Are there certain groups that might be a little bit more susceptible that we need to? Because of course, we're going to take all the kiddos with us.
3: Absolutely. You know, those that are at higher risk of becoming extremely symptomatic from These foodborne illnesses are going to be, you know, the adults older than 65, your children that are younger than five years of age, those that have a weakened immune system and pregnant women, especially you're not worrying about just one person, you're worrying about two. So those are the ones that we have to be extremely mindful of because they just don't have the ability to fight these bacteria and viruses quite as easily as someone who is younger,
2: healthier, has an intact immune system and is not creating another life inside them. What can you leave our listeners with today as far as they're getting set for the summer cookout season? And we don't want anybody to meet you under the circumstances that we're talking about today. We like meeting you right here. So I'll just turn it over. You give them all the information.
3: The big thing is obviously focusing on the different parts of your whole plan. So keeping everything clean. Before you start preparing, make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you wash all your fruits and vegetables. You don't need to wash meats before you cook them. See that on TikTok reels all the time. Ew, you didn't r- rinse your chicken. The problem with that is people will not clean their sink afterwards. You're going to cook that meat anyway and you know, make sure it stays cold until you're ready to cook it. Separate your raw meat from other foods. Don't go and cut up your chicken on a chopping block and then just give it a quick rinse and then cut up your vegetables on that same chopping block. Make sure you keep that all separate. Make sure you cook everything to the right temperatures between 145 and 165, depending on what you're cooking. And then the two-hour rule, make sure that something that's been sitting out for two hours has been removed and discarded or at least brought back in. If you have something that's been kept outside and should be kept warm to 140 degrees. Things that are supposed to be kept cold, keep them on ice. If you have to keep them out, put them on ice so that they're cold. And then after that two-hour rule, make sure you get everything put back where it belongs and get things back refrigerated so that you can not have to worry about throwing them out or having them contaminated. Make sure you store and reheat your leftovers the right way quickly and reheat them to the proper temperature. You know, a lot of it is just being mindful. Good sanitary processes go a long way to preventing a lot of these illnesses. Making sure that you've done your homework for doing the prep and the cooking of each thing that you're presenting is going to go a long,
2: long way. Dr. Nancy Fitch from MedExpress in Wilkes-Barre will have her back soon. Now, Rebecca Ryback, Northeast Highway Safety Program, and Pennsylvania State Police Trooper with Troop N, Hazleton, Anthony Petroski. Travel safely. Click it or ticket, Rebecca.
4: Every May is National Click it or Ticket Month all over the United States where we encourage everyone to wear their seatbelts. So in Pennsylvania, the focus would be May 15th to May 31st. So what that just means is while police are out there patrolling for the holidays and on their regular patrol, they're going to make sure that everyone is wearing their seatbelt and of course all your children are in a car seat. So we want to remind everybody that wearing your seatbelt is the best defense against injury or death in the event of a crash, and it actually um, increases your chances of survival by 60%.
2: What about any kind of citations?
4: In Pennsylvania, Our seatbelt law is still secondary if you are over 18. So what that means is that if you are over 18, you cannot be pulled over for not wearing your seatbelt. You need to have a primary violation. If you were speeding, going through a stop sign, and you got pulled over, and then the officer noticed that you weren't wearing your seatbelt, you'll get a fine for the first offense, which was... Speeding, And then the second citation would be for not wearing your seatbelt. However, in Pennsylvania, if you're under 18, it is a primary law, which means that anyone under 18 anywhere in the vehicle must be in a seatbelt, car seat, booster seat. And they could pull you over for not wearing your seatbelt just for that if they feel they see passengers that are under 18.
2: We talk about this with car seats and booster seats and seatbelts. Let's talk a little bit about car seats then.
4: Our law in Pennsylvania states that, again, everyone under 18 should be in a seatbelt, booster seat, car seat. If your child is zero to two years old, minimum, they should be rear-facing in a car seat but we like to see children stay rear-facing as long as possible so you want to read the manufacturer's instructions of your car seat and your vehicle to see how long they could stay rear-facing until um, they grow out of that seat when they are between four and eight years old they have to be in a forward-facing car seat or a booster seat and again these are the laws of pennsylvania however we go by best practice this means that you want your child to outgrow the height or weight of that car seat or booster seat. So you could have a three-year-old, four-year-old still rear-facing in a car seat. You could have a nine, 10, 11-year-old still in a booster seat, even though the law states they're in a booster seat till eight. So we always want to follow the law, but we also want to use best practice by keeping them in some sort of car seat or booster seat for as long as possible.
2: Is there any kind of a weight requirement in there?
4: There's no weight requirement only because car seats nowadays are built for kids who are over 100, 150 pounds and, and so forth. So a booster seat, which is always the, I feel, forgotten car seat, if you will, because children at 8, 9, 10 years old, they see their peers. They're not in a car seat anymore. They're not in a booster seat. Some of them are actually sitting in the front which we don't suggest that you sit in the front till you're 13 years old. So a lot of parents skip that. go well, right from the five-point harness seat, they don't even go to the booster seat. So a booster seat is really boosting your child up so the seatbelt fits correctly. And some of these booster seats could hold children way over 100 pounds
2: or more. So um, you really just want to follow the manufacturer's instructions when you have your child in these seats. And when it comes to installing, sometimes the car seats can have a very daunting task. Right. So
4: we do have some car seat check events coming up in May. If you cannot attend any of these, you could call your local state police barracks, They have certain times where they do car seat uh, checks. So if you cannot attend one of these, you could contact your local state police bear.
2: Anything that you think we may have left out that we uh, need to let everybody know? We
4: want to remind
2: everybody where
4: you purchase your car seat. There is a lot of fake car seats out there, and there's a lot of websites now that offer car seats for a very low price so you really want to make sure that go to a store go to a reputable place and get that because a lot of these websites are selling car seats that are you know maybe a cheaper version of something and you think that it's a, an appropriate car seat but it really is like a fake one so you really want to watch where you're
2: buying your car seat thanks rebecca and speaking of memorial day here's pennsylvania state police trooper anthony petrosky from troop in Let's get started with Memorial Day Trooper Petroski and what say you when it comes to safety? Well,
5: we all know there's going to be more cars on the road. The roads are going to be filled with cars traveling, and that's a good thing. But, you know, we have to make sure that we're abiding by the laws. There's going to be more troopers out because when there's going to be more cars out on the road, there has to be more troopers, and that's how we make sure the roads are safe. We want to be visible. We want everybody to see us. They could slow down so they could lane change properly, use their blinkers, wear their seatbelts, do everything correctly, avoid distracted driving so they can get where they're going from point A to point B safely. And that's our goal. Our goal is not to go out and write a thousand tickets. Our goal, to keep the road safe. We will be out there. This is not a secret. We will be out the entire holiday weekend enforcing the laws. Anybody that's in violation of any of the, the traffic laws in the Commonwealth of PA, they will be pulled over. They will be cited because we want the roads to be safe. Yes, we want you to travel. Absolutely. Just be safe while you do it. And that is our number
2: one goal. And it's not just Memorial Weekend, but it is the start of the summer travel season. I'm going to start right off at the top. Work zone safety.
5: Yes. The start of summer means the start of construction season in Pennsylvania. We all know that. So a couple pointers. Number one, plan ahead. You know there's going to be traffic delays instead of getting frustrated, trying to go fast through these construction zones, which is dangerous to everybody involved. Just plan ahead, find an alternate route, or plan ahead so you don't have to worry about being stuck in traffic. Also, please abide by the signs. The signs that say lane change, don't wait until the very last second. Yes, you can use both lanes up until the merging point, but don't go beyond that, that's a violation. Remember, these are workers out there trying to make the roads better for all of us. Slow down, move over, and ensure their safety. With construction zone, I want to talk about distracted driving because people think, well, I'm on the interstate, but I'm going slower. So it's a good time for me to check my text messages or my emails. No, it's a horrible time. Put the phone down. That's the number one cause of distracted driving. And distracted driving is to find it anything that takes your eyes away from the road. So looking at your phone in a construction zone, definitely not a good idea. Again, there's workers out there. You have to maintain your eyes on the road at all times. If you do have to check your phone, just pull over be a responsible driver, pull over, check your phone, and then get back on the road safe.
2: And you said the words, move over. Are you finding that people are actually understanding what the move over law is all about?
5: You know, I think drivers in Pennsylvania they do understand it now. People are, are are definitely abiding by this law a lot better than in the years past. And that's a good thing. It's still not 100%. We still see people that are doing it and we will then pull them over. You know, if we're on a traffic stop and a car goes by us and they didn't move over, we can leave the traffic stop that we're on to go and pull that car over. So don't think we're not going to write you a citation or pull you over because we already have a car pulled over. We can still do it. We can radio to another car up the road. Please, it's for our safe. We want to make that traffic stop safe not only for us, but the person that we have pulled over and we want to be able to go on with the rest of our day. Don't worry about what we're doing. We're not doing anything special there. We're doing our job. We're making sure the roads are safe. Eyes on the road, move over. This way you can avoid not only a citation, but points on your license and an inconvenience to your trip.
2: Again, because of the fact that you're right there, there could be people and it may not involve any kind of a traffic stop, but they might be having some kind of electrical issues with their vehicle.
5: Sure. That happens a lot. And a lot of times there's tow trucks there and they're working on maybe changing a tire or getting the vehicle loaded up so they can get it out of there. And you know what? It just, it puts them in a safe position. It puts their mind at ease and it definitely helps the situation. If you can move over in an instance where it's not an emergency response area, please still do just for the safety of everybody involved.
2: What else do you have that you want folks to know about? I feel it's important to
5: note that motorcycles are going to be out and sometimes motorcycles can get lost in a blind spot. So when you're changing lanes, when you're pulling out at a road, make sure you're double, triple, triple checking your mirrors, looking over your shoulder, looking both ways before you turn, be aware that they're going to be out there. And sometimes they get caught in the blind spot. So please keep your eye out for motorcycles. Again, they're part of the roadway. Also, we want to make sure that everybody's safe. out.
2: There. Anything else that we may have forgotten that you would like to let our listeners know?
5: We want the people in this great commonwealth to know that we want them to have a wonderful summer season to travel as much as they would like. But again, be aware that we're going to be out there and we're going to make sure that these roads are safe. And if you're doing everything right and you drive by us, honk your horn and wave at us. We appreciate
2: that. Some words to the wise. Coming up next, we're going to find out about the Lackawanna County Fair and music on the mountain in mountaintop on special edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. The Lackawanna County Fair starts June 1st. We'll have details. But first, music on the mountain on Route 309 in Mountaintop. Stephen Perillo is here with the details. As promised, Stephen, I have you back again because you have something very exciting that is coming up in the beginning of June. Let's not waste any time. What and where?
6: It's called Music on the Mountain. It's going to be held at Crestwood Parking Lot on 309 on June 3rd from 12 to 4. There'll be live music, there'll be kids' activities, giveaways food trucks, bounce houses, something for everybody to do.
2: And what's the purpose of music on the mountain?
6: We're bringing awareness of Christian music and the Christian activities that are in the area free to everybody that there's no cost just to come out and have a good time.
2: You mentioned that it's going to be more of a Christian music and getting to know folks. So is there a reason behind that?
6: We've been finding out that a lot of people don't go to churches anymore. So what we're trying to do is bring... Christ out into the community so people can see the activities that other churches are doing. Because a lot of times you'll see that people may not want to go to church because something might have happened, but then they realize there's something more to what's going on now than what was in the past. But there's more elders, more kids activities, there's all kind of stuff that churches are now doing that are more involved as a family unit. So that's what we're trying to do especially with the kids activities, each program that we do, we want to focus on that the youth is the important subject that we need to explore and get to have them get involved because a lot of times kids aren't getting involved because they're not asked to get involved, but we take the different route. We ask them to get
2: involved. And that in this day is probably a lot different than back in the day. Music is a great way to, to build a bridge. So what kind of music are, I know we're talking Christian music, but what exactly are we talking about?
6: There's going to be a lot of original music. We have three bands playing. We're also going to have a choir from one of the churches wanted to sing a little bit. We put that into the mix.
2: It's also very possible that kids might like to get involved in that because they are so in tune to music that maybe they want to take part in actually making it.
6: Absolutely. We have had in the past kids that have came to our concerts and formed a Christian band, a couple of them at different events already at coffee houses. One of the most important thing is we want the kids to explore their talent not so much play someone else's music, but to write music. And that's so much interesting because one of the important things that we want to do is show kids that it's important to write their own music, not just to play someone else's. And a lot of talent. There's so much talent out there right now. It's untapped, unfortunately. But we're trying to tap into it to show kids that they do have a gift. And they're going to be the People in the future is going to hold back what's going on right now and bring Christ to people like we're doing.
2: Tell us a little bit about the bands that are going to be there.
6: My band will be there. And we're going to have Cornerstone's band's going to be there, Michael to be there, and then the choir from the Presbyterian Church is going to be there as well. Now, our band plays, I would say, 90% of all original music. We have the other band that comes in that's going to be playing a lot of like Chris Tomlin, stuff like that, all those cover music. Then the other band play some original and cover. And then the choir will be doing some popular infest stuff, I guess you can call it. One of the things that's neat is there's going to be like all kinds of arts and crafts for kids to do. I mentioned before, there's going to be bounce houses. We have to get two of them. Last year we had so many kids show up at this event. Some of the kids didn't get a chance to get into the bounce house. So this year we decided we got two of them and there will be cornholes. There's going to be horseshoes. There's so many things that different church, each organization is going to have a table. And at that table, they're going to have an activity to be done. It could be anything from a game, could be coloring a picture, everything. Like I said, there'll be food trucks there. So there'll be food that people could purchase. There will be water there that that we'll be giving out. The SPCA will have some puppies there. Like I mentioned last time, that's where I got my little Carly from. She was a gift. She picked me. I didn't pick her. And she's now with me a year, actually. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun doing all this.
2: Anything that we have left out that you would like to mention, please go ahead. You issue the invitation.
6: Called Music on the Mountain, sponsored by the Mountaintop Area Churches and Organizations. On June 3rd from twelve to four, it will be held at the Crestwood parking lot, right on three oh nine. Everybody's welcome. This is a free event. Come out and bring your family, bring a lawn chair, and just to have a good time. And I hope to see you there. Stop by and say hello to me.
2: Some of the music from Steve Perillo and the NEPA Praise Band, this is Let It Rain. Music on the mountain in the Crestwood High School parking lot on Route 309 in Mountaintop. Stephen Perillo and the NEPA Praise Band and others will be there. Coming up starting June 1st, it's the Lackawanna County Fair at Montage Mountain. Kurt Camoni, Executive Director with the Lackawanna County Visitors Bureau and Vice President of the Fair Authority. And Dom Perini, Treasurer of the Fair Authority, have all the fun. It is almost time for the Lackawanna County Fair. Can't believe it. Kurt, I'm going to start with you. How many years is this now for the Lackawanna County Fair?
7: So it will be the third Lackawanna County Fair, but we did have two fairs canceled due to COVID. So we are super excited. And and honestly, those first two, We're a great proof of concept, but we've really stepped up our game, and this is going to be bigger and better than ever.
2: And when is it happening?
7: It'll be June 1st to the 4th at Montage Mountain Resorts. On Thursday, it's from 4 to 10, Friday noon to 10, Saturday and Sunday both start at 11 a.m., Saturday close at 10 p.m., with Sunday finishing off the fair by 9 p.m.
2: I've talked to Dom in the past, especially around and about the Lackawanna County Fair. And, Dom, I remember those years when that Kurt mentioned the fact that it had to be postponed because of the pandemic. But now here it is and it's coming back better than ever. So. From a fella who was in the midst of all that, what do you say about this one coming up?
0: Paul, it's a great bargain. It's a great time. If you really want to go to a fair, then this is the one that you want to go to. The price is right. The amenities are phenomenal. You get entrance to the fair. You can ride all the rides. You could swim in the water park. And if anybody knows, the water park itself, is, I believe, Kurt, correct me if I'm wrong, Twenty nine ninety five. Uh, just to go in the park normally? Yeah, that's it's about that. It depends on the day. But yeah, you're definitely right. Tom, that's reduced value. And Kurt Coloni is our vice president of the Fair Authority, and I'm the treasurer of the Fair Authority.
2: You said it's a great value and it's a lot of fun. And the tickets, the tickets are already on sale, right?
7: Yes, ma'am. So, we we are trying to get everyone to take advantage of the lowest possible price and purchase their tickets online. They can even purchase them online from the parking lot when they get to the fair and still get the savings. So, you can come Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. If you purchase online, your total admission price is $15, and that includes, as Dom said, all of the rides from our great partners at Swyka Amusements, It includes all of the entertainment, the bands, the different performers that we have, and full access to Montage Mountain Resort's water park. For $15 on those days, and Saturday it only goes up $5. It's $20, you get all of the same amenities, and we have fireworks shows on Friday and Saturday. Uh, once it gets dark. So this is a value that you can't beat. It's a great opportunity to kick the summer off with your family the right way.
2: And of course, when people think about fair, they think about the rides. And there's going to be bigger and better rides this year from what I'm seeing on the Facebook page?
0: We will have bigger and better rides than we've had in the the past. As Kurt said, our partner, s Amusements, is bringing some bigger and better rides to the heritage fair this year so that everybody could enjoy themselves and really take advantage of that special price. And like Kurt said, our goal is to sell tickets online. It's better for everybody. It's better for us to know what's going on. And it's a bargain. If you don't buy your ticket online, you're going to pay more money at the door.
2: Another one of the big items at those fairs, the food. So how does that work all into the, all of this?
7: The food is one of the things that, that we really pride ourselves on. We have so many vendors coming in. You can get our mom and pop shops making homemade foods that you have a ton to select from. And again, it reflects on the heritage part of our heritage fair. It reflects so many different ethnicities that come together to make up Lackawanna County. And you can you know stroll through the fair, have great food listen to the music while you're having your lunch or your dinner, and and there's more food vendors than ever before at the Lackawanna County Fair.
2: And are the tickets that we're buying online, does that all go for the food purchase as well, or is that a separate entity?
7: So when you get there, your parking is included, and as we said, all of your rides, the water park, the entertainment, the food and the games are the only thing you'll have to reach into your pocket for.
2: Oh, I didn't talk about the games. What do we have there?
7: Again, our partner at Swica Amusements. They do an amazing job. The carnival atmosphere, all of the rides, and then the carnival games that you would expect to see. I'm sure at some point I'll get Dom up there and we'll be trying to shoot water into a small spot and blow up a balloon. Can't help but have a good time. It's fun that we all remember from when we're kids and we can have that experience with our own kids at the Lackawanna County Fair.
2: Well, Kurt, I think you better be careful. I think Dom's a ringer when it comes to all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I
7: never said I was going to be able to beat him, but I enjoy
0: <laughs> hanging out with him and getting the chance to. Right. We make a good team, Paula.
2: Oh, I can tell. You mentioned the fact that parking is free. And what about parking?
7: So last year we did have some traffic issues and long lines to get in the fair because we had such a great turnout. But we've taken steps. We've increased our partnership with Montage Mountain Resorts. Nobody in Lackawanna County does a better job executing events. They are doing more with us. We expect traffic to work out very well. We have more lots. We have trolleys that will that take people from the lots to the fair and this year from a logistical standpoint it's going to be easier for you to get in and out of the fair less lines especially if you take advantage and buy your tickets ahead of time online that's going to help us out a lot with getting people in and out quicker And you can save money. So it's a good deal and it's going to be a a very well run and executed
2: event. We also have to talk a little bit about the entertainment because it's a long list and it's included in the price. Can't believe that.
7: Every minute that you're at the county fair, there's going to be some form of entertainment, whether it's music or a performer, that you can take advantage of and enjoy. Uh, we have great local acts the vast majority of of our entertainment comes from right here in Lackawanna County and you get to to watch and enjoy them, check out the schedule, make sure you're there to see your favorite groups play and it's all included in your price
6: of admission.
2: I don't have time to mention all of them but I can tell you that John Stevens Polka Band, the Wannabes are going to be there, John Stanky and the Cadets, Stanky and the Coal Miners are going to be there uh, Luongo Brothers Band Doug Smith and that's just some of the ones. The other thing that a lot of people also want to know about is it is the Lackawanna County Heritage Fair. What's the heritage element this year?
7: So The heritage element is built throughout the entire fair experience while you're there. You're going to come in and again, you just mentioned some of the music. Some of that music is directly attributable to the ethnic heritage of, of the, that settled here in Lackawanna County and came together to make this such a great place. Again, the food, you can get pierogies, Italian foods mexican foods you can experience the heritage through the food and then again through educational aspects with penn state extension and other groups and then also through vendors that make handcrafted items that again reflect their heritage and where they come from so it's intermingled throughout the day you're going to get a taste of Lackawanna County Heritage, even if you are just there to enjoy the ride, go for a swim, and have a great dinner.
2: What have we left out? What do we need to mention? Between the two of you, I think I can just sit back and I'll hand the microphone over.
7: So there's no way to cover every all of the information you need in a short amount of time, so I encourage everyone to take a look at the Lackawanna County Heritage Fair Facebook page or go to LackawannaCountyHeritageFairs.com Pre-purchase your tickets to money it's june 1st to the 4th and you can save money buying online your one price admission includes all of your rides entertainment the water park
0: and free park and we're going to move people better than we ever have before we partnered with montage knows that the extra things that they have like the peach fest and they move a lot of people we bring as many people in the fair as we can but montage brings a lot of people to that mountain. We partnered with them to make sure parking is better, entrance to the fair is better, and we'll get you in to have a good time. Get your money's worth it.
2: Mark your calendar, June 1st through the 4th, the Lackawanna County Fair at Montage Mountain. Thanks again, Kurt Camoni, Vice President of the Fair Authority, and Dom Perini, Treasurer of the Fair Authority, for bringing us all the details. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Odyssey's I'm Listening initiative is getting the word out that talk saves lives. We'll learn more about that next on Special Edition.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News?
1: In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively Sports? clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago,
8: Illinois. Talk has the power to save lives. This is Odyssey's I'm Listening, our commitment to inspire more conversations about mental health. I'm David O'Leary. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. The idea that we can talk about our mental health the same way we talk about our physical health is something that has taken hold for many of us, especially these past few years. Our appreciation and understanding of things like depression and anxiety have really um, come a little bit more to the forefront uh, for many of us during the pandemic. Dr. Jill Harkavy-Friedman is the Senior Vice President for Research for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and joins us today to talk a little bit more. AFSP works to save lives and and bring hope to those who are impacted by suicide. Um, Jill, welcome. I guess I'd add that AFSP also works to improve the lives of many people by working to kind of normalize our conversations about mental health. Are, Are we getting better at this?
9: Yeah, so first I just want to say hi, David, it's such a pleasure to be here and also to represent the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I don't know if I'd use the word normalize in terms of suicide, but we're trying to have those conversations because it's normal to have feelings. It's not unusual to think about suicide. We know that more than half of people have been affected by suicide loss. So we really want to have those conversations. The reason why I'm saying that about normalize is because it's uncomfortable, but it's really important. Mm. So, um, it doesn't feel normal when you have those conversations. And, you know, maybe it's a statistician in me talking about (laughs) normalizing things. But should
8: it feel normal? I mean, to to talk about our mental health, the way we talk about our physical health?
9: Yes. Talking about our mental health. Absolutely. Look, we all have mental health. The way I think of it, which is a little broad, is that we all have mental health. And sometimes we feel well, sometimes not so well. Sometimes we have a mental health condition. And guess what? Our brains are part of our body. So in fact, mental health is health. Yeah.
8: Yeah. I I you know, I tell the story about having knee surgery a couple of years ago. I had a little meniscus tear in my knee. I told everybody I knew I was having knee surgery. I told people I didn't know that I was having knee surgery. But I don't think we carry on the same way about our mental health the way when we're getting treatment or maybe perhaps when we need treatment or are suffering the way we do when we talk about our physical health. Is that the fair statement?
9: Yeah, I would say not yet. But we're getting there. We're getting closer to people having those regular everyday conversations about mental health and well-being and also about when you're not feeling well or mental illness when people have health conditions. So in that sense, we're doing so much better than, for instance, when I got in the field so many years ago um, where people didn't talk about it at all. And when I was in college, the researchers who wanted to study depression and kids were told, kids don't get depressed. Mm -hmm. I did one of the first studies looking at suicidal thinking and behavior in kids. And it was astonishing because everybody thought, you know, you're not going to find anybody who ever thinks about suicide. Mm -hmm. And at that time, so many years ago in 1986, there were 8.9% of the kids in my survey described suicide attempts. So we've come a long way in talking about it and talk, as you said in the beginning, talk saves lives. Because if you're holding something in, I think of it like a balloon that's about to burst. And when you share what you're feeling, the pressure of those feelings goes down. it doesn't necessarily take them away, but it makes them more manageable so that you can address them.
8: I know people in the last couple of years, especially, have had more of a general awareness about their their mental health. I also know there was a CDC report recently related on on suicide rates in the U.S. Can you talk a little bit about what that report had to say?
9: When we talk about suicide rates, we're talking about number of people in 100,000 people. So one thing that's important to remember is every life matters. So when we say this rate is higher or lower than that rate, none of it is okay. Yeah, every yeah. loss is important. So when I talk about the numbers, please keep in mind that suicide cuts across all ages, all ethnicities, all geographic locations, and every life is important. So the CDC counts Number of people per 100,000 is the rate of suicide, and they track this every year. It takes a couple of years to get those data because when there's a suicide death, there's often an investigation afterwards. So in 2021, which are the most recent data that have been released, the rate of suicide deaths was 14.1 people per 100,000. But we have to take a deeper and closer look at that because variables like gender and age and ethnicity play a role Mm -hmm. in those rates. So like I said, it cuts across all those categories, but there are some groups that have higher rates. For instance, 79% of people who die by suicide in 21, and most typically, are males. Mm -hmm. And the majority are white males. But the numbers are unfortunately going up for uh, females slightly. They're going up for Native American, black and white uh, individuals. And while the rates for kids are lowest of all the rates, they have gone up a little bit. It's it's interesting. It's the lowest, the youngest kids and the 75-year-olds and up.
8: It sounds like it's, it's accounting for, it's a look back. It's accounting for what has happened. Does it address causes or any any sort of reasons or factors that could contribute to these rising rates of suicide in these particular populations or overall
9: well you know suicide is complex it's there's no I like to say there's no one single cause there's a little redundancy on the no one um, there's no one single cause because it's a function of many contributors coming together and these are dynamic contributors, so they might be having a mental health condition, having been uh, abused or having trauma as a child, it could be having head trauma, could be having a chronic health condition or chronic pain, genetics, family history. So there's all these background factors that sort of, I think of it like a popcorn machine. Mm-hmm. And then there's often a stressor, and, and I want to say perceived stress. because. All the stresses that that might look like they precipitated a suicide, most of us have had, and we don't take our life. But in a person who's vulnerable, at a particular moment in time, they may go to that crisis moment. If they have access to lethal means, they can die.
8: We should note that if you are struggling or caring for someone who is struggling, uh, call 988. That is a three-digit number you can call, and there is care and help on the other end of that line. It'll be answered on a locally or regionally. Um, 988 is the number to call if you're struggling or caring for somebody who is. I have this idea that because of the last couple of years in the pandemic, so many of us are much more sort of sensitized to and aware of our mental health. People I know who would have no inkling whatsoever, or, or sort of no interest whatsoever in talking about depression or anxiety or now saying, geez, I might be a little bit depressed. I might have some anxiety. We're all cooped up in the house. So I think that's an opportunity that feels like it's a good thing. Is there any research that indicates that we're accessing more mental health care these days than we were just a couple of years ago?
9: Yeah, I actually think that's a great point because it used to be that people didn't talk about it. So the okay. very fact that what you're saying is people are talking about it more opens up the opportunity to lower the stress and distress and also get help and to manage your mental health before it gets to the point of uh, combining with other factors to lead you to a point of feeling desperate like you want to end your life. Mm. So I also think that uh, it's not, you know, I, belief that uh, COVID has become a buzzword for all the stressors that we've been experiencing in the last few years. I'm not going to list them all off because <laughs> at risk of re-traumatizing us, but it's been a lot of different things and COVID has come to represent that. And different people have been affected by the stressors that have been happening.
8: used to be, and it wasn't really that long ago that this kind of conversation around mental health was something that was held you know, in, in in quiet corners and not necessarily, you know, as openly as as they are now. And I guess that's that's gotta be a good thing. Um, does that sort of indicate that that people are trying to access care a little bit more? And and again, back to where we started, which was sort of normalizing that conversation about making it okay to not be okay. So people can share resources and and share ideas and, and just be a little more open about it. That's gotta be a good thing.
9: Yeah, so I have the unique experience of having lived through the history of all this. When I started working in the area of suicide prevention and mental health, um, the only time I heard about it was on the way to the ladies room. Nobody would tell me in public, but every time I went to the ladies room, somebody would come in and tell me about their own personal experience. Not that long ago, I was sitting at actually AFSP's gala to celebrate the work of AFSP and the life saving efforts Mm -hmm. when the whole table was talking about someone who had made a suicide attempt and they told their story and everybody shared their own experiences and supported him. It was it was so beautiful. And I think that represents the difference. And it's I think it's better for us. So we are hearing about it more. People are accessing it more. So we actually are heartened by increased rates of people seeking help, going to emergency rooms and crisis lines, mm-hmm. rather than holding it in and increasing the risk that they may die by suicide. Yeah. A couple of
8: things about what you just said seem to land with me. One is people understanding or at least having the feeling that other people are living with the same issue that may they, be, they may be living with. That is... Mm-hmm not alone, right? As soon as they hear that somebody else has got the same issue or is caring for somebody who's got the same issue, now we can talk about this. I didn't know that a couple minutes ago. Now I know, and now we can talk about this. That goes a long way toward, I suppose, making people feel like there's hope.
9: Absolutely. And I have to say, um, and this is not just because I work at AFSP, because I've been involved with them. When I got my first grant from them in 1992, Mm -hmm. long before I started working here, But I would say that our out of the darkness community walks have really made a huge difference in that. And I had even my office mate, um, her friend had lost her son 20 years prior and had never even told her until she saw a sign for the out of the darkness walk and Mm -hmm. attended the walk. And not only did she feel, oh, I'm not alone, she, she got tremendous support and felt I can share this. I'm not I don't have to be ashamed. I'm not a pariah because this happened to me and my son. Mm. And so it's reducing that stigma as well that's made a huge difference. And we have walks all over. I think we had 450 walks this year. And some are small, some are big. But that's a show of force that you are not alone. And that is healing in and of itself. By the way, they turn out to be a lot of fun, very meaningful Um, We have a whole bead ceremony, so you don't even have to say anything. You can see that other people have lost someone who has the same relationship to them as your lost one Mm -hmm. has to you.
8: In the few minutes we have left, uh, Jill, I wanted to ask about other resources like Healing Conversations or being part of a walk And these walks, community walks that happen in the, in the fall from AFSP. Are there other resources?
9: Absolutely. Um, I would suggest you go to AFSP.org. And one of the ways we start off on our, on our homepage is I've lost someone. I know someone. I'm worried about myself. So it helps to guide you to resources. We have mental health resources available for the general population and also based on race and ethnicity. Of course, 988, which you mentioned. um, And I just want to add that you can call or text or go online at 988 and get some crisis help. And it's important for people to know that if you contact 988, you probably will be put on hold for a minute because they're, not a whole minute, that was a figure of speech, because they are connecting with you with a more local uh, 988. So it's not that they're rejecting you, they just have to connect you with the right people. So 988 and anyone, if you're worried about someone, you can call 988. You don't have to be in distress yourself. Yeah. There are support groups at AFSP. We have school programs, workplace programs. We have the overnight walk, which I myself have done six times. <laughs> my feet are a little tired, but and that's a 16 to 18 mile walk from dusk until dawn. Well, and it's thousands
8: and thousands of people who have shared this similar experience. And I mean, my experience has been that it's tremendously powerful being among others who have had this experience. Don't have to know them well, but there's a real connection there.
9: It's, it's interesting because when you do the overnight or any of our walks, people on the sidelines and the sidewalks and the street, they ask you, what are you walking for? And I can't tell you how many people have said, I didn't know you could do that. I want to do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but we also have real convo guides and we also have seized the Awkward for the younger folks that these are ways to help people figure out how to open up that conversation to check in with someone. And you don't have to become a therapist just because you've had that conversation. The goal is to open it up to release that distress and help them get help. So those are really helpful tools as well.
8: Talk really does save lives. We're so happy that you spent time talking with us this morning, Dr. Jill Harkavy-Friedman, who is a Senior Vice President of Research for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Thanks for being with us today.
1: To learn more about the resources provided by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, please visit AFSP.org. That's AFSP.org. And if you or someone you know is in crisis and would like to talk or text with someone who can help, please call or text 988. Please remember, you are not alone, and talk saves lives. Thank you for joining Odyssey's I'm Listening for this meaningful mental health conversation. For more, visit I'mListening.org.
0: Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. TuneIn is the
1: audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word